All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am super excited. This is another episode of It Is What It Is podcast featuring your host, Cody Kelly. I want to cover today just the future of sales. Uh, the reality is, unless you are a medical doctor uh, or like a surgeon or I guess not even a politician because you're technically selling your stance and ideology to get votes, you're in sales in some way, shape or form. Uh, and that's just the reality. If you came out of the economy like me and all millennials in 2008, 2012, the sales profession was really the only thing hiring. And as we pretty much adjust to this new normal, uh, that's what is going to hire. So I brought on and I asked uh, a favor, very special guest of mine. He is a sales professional, industry thought leader. Uh, check him out on his LinkedIn page. He's just an overall good guy. I have with me Alexander Brockman. Alex, thank you for being on the podcast today. My pleasure, buddy. It's uh, I'm I'm proud of everything that you're doing, and and excited to dig in here and figure out what uh, what we want to chat about. Cool, cool. First question I have for you: Where is sales going with this great disruption? Right, the days of cold calling people, sending mm-hmm. these blanketed emails are pretty much over. What's the future for sales? Man, that's good. Uh, I think there's been a lot of chatter about this recently. Um, one of the guys that I, I would consider him my mentor and I got to kind of officially get that title from him, but, um, he's been talking about saying that inside sales and outside sales are blending. Those worlds are colliding. Um, I think that it's a, a real big thing to pay attention to because, uh, the world is going to look way different here in, uh, you know, a couple of weeks, whenever everything really starts to take off, whenever cruise lines are going again and whenever airplanes are flying all over the place. Uh, I, I don't think for a very long time there is going to be that world where you can just pop into places and uh, go try and cold call people that traditional way. You know what I mean? Kind of the old school, just drop in, get to know the receptionist, see if you can, you know, get a meeting with the CEO or somebody, an EVP, SVP, something like that. I think those days are, uh, they're definitely not around right now, nor do I think that it's going to be anytime soon where those worlds are opened up to us. So the people that are closing million dollar sales uh, from inside sales teams, I think are proving the model that it can be done via digital communication, via Zoom, via go-to meeting, web conference, things like that. So um, I think there's going to be a, a big adjustment for entire organizations to realize that, hey, there's there's a different world that's upon us and sales teams are going to have to adjust. And those inside sales and outside sales are going to be worlds that either they merge closer and there's going to be uh, tandem teams where you've got, you know, kind of your SDR, your account executive, your inside sales rep, and then your outside sales rep, they're going to be more of a ho- cohesive unit than we would have ever would imagine maybe six months ago. So that's definitely something that I think that at least is going to be one of those things that I think we should all be paying attention to. And then just, you know, broader sales, um, you know, I just had my daughter walk in and and there's just a, an entirely new world where it's acceptable to be working from home. And I think that's going to have a radical impact on the way that we all go to work and the way that we all, uh, you know, it's not just work from home. It's kind of work from anywhere. I think the model has been proven. The people that have been dispelling that and saying uh, or that have been kind of saying, oh, no, it'll never work. Work from anywhere will never, never be a thing. Well, uh, the economy kept going here, you know, as miraculous as it sounds, 
um, you know, there's still companies that are afloat and the people that said that uh, we could never make remote work have made it work. And I think it's, you know, the, the phrase of never waste a crisis yeah. has become, you know, kind of a, a drumbeat for a lot of people to say, hey, this is this is something that we can truly make happen. And when you see big splashes of people saying, you know, like Twitter saying that work from home is you can do it for the rest of your you know employment here at Twitter. Uh, and there's a number of others. I think they're they're definitely not alone, but that's that's big news. And so sales is going to have to adjust and uh, and basically pivot as quickly as possible to realize that uh, there's going to be an omni-channel kind of delivery to that sales process. And we're going to have to re- react and pivot and adjust our patterns and methodologies uh, very quickly or else it's going to be something where if you just truly relied on going and dropping in on people, it's going to be a, a you know, it's going to be a rude awakening here in six months whenever you're not being able to get appointments. True enough. You you hit on uh, this new uh, remote work. I guess it's not new, but companies being more willing to at least talk about it, right? Not having uh, a lot of physical bodies in a physical workspace. Are you? Do you think that organizations are ready for that shift? Because think of it, if I don't need 100 people at this current address every single day, does that yeah. change the dynamic for leadership? Because if you haven't, or I always say there's there's two types of bosses. You have managers and then you have leaders, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like the, the former, the managers have a harder time to adjust because they're not used to really driving and coaching up. They're used to demanding, right? And then with this mm-hmm. shift, how does that work, right, organizationally? I think there's been a lot of people trying to, you know, learn that on the fly. There's... <laughs> You're good. We're from home life. Um, there's been a lot of people that are trying to figure this out. And the, the teams that have massive SDR presences and uh, account executives and all those different things, it's just um, the people that needed to go and, and walk the floor are having to figure out really, really quick about what does it mean to have kind of daily check-ins with my team? What does it mean to have, um, you know, kind of that remote interaction and how can I use technology to basically make it as if I am there? Um, and so hopefully it's not just in that micromanagement, using all the different metrics to see how long people have been away on on Teams or on Slack or all these other devices that people are using right now. Um, if they're actually trying to be a leader inside of, of that team, they're looking to see, okay, what is what has Alex been doing? What has Cody been doing over the last, you know, 30 minutes, the last hour, the last three days? What are the trends in there? How much success is he having? Where is he, where is he, uh, where is he having, you know, some some roadblocks? And what is it that I can add, you know, digitally? What can I send him? What can I, what can I contribute? How can I make him or her better? Right. Uh, as a result of, you know, just kind of taking a look at all the metrics and all the data that's available. But if you're just out there and, and you're trying to just rely on walking the floor and listening to people and being on the phone with them and everything, just kind of the way that it was, mm-hmm. again, it just goes to that same sentiment that we had prior where it's going to be very difficult for those people to pivot. But all of the technology is there. All of the technology. I mean, people like Gong, Outreach, 
these guys are doing massive things in the sales organization and kind of the, the whole sales cycle yeah. to make it so that all of those tools are available. There's no shortage of uh, technology to make it so that a manager can be on the phone with somebody so that a manager can be monitoring all this different information and looking for spikes and trends and anything to make it so that they can actually add value to their team as opposed to just micromanaging. Um, it, it's made it more prevalent, I think you would say, mm-hmm. because the, the managers that are calling in just to check in, hey, just giving you my daily check-in, Right. And they're not adding anything to the equation. Right. That's again, that's just something where I don't I, I really don't have time for that because I'm trying to do as much as I possibly can for CSG to make it so that we come out of this in a way better situation than when we entered it. And it's tough. It's not easy. And my calendar's full and I have, you know, a, my, my life is just different. I've got kids in the background. I've got things to take care of. I've got diapers to change. I've got the trash to take out. Um, all of these things are now impacting my eight to five that did not before. Right. It's just a very different world. And so if you're not adding value and if you're not helping me help others, it's I, I'm going to be less likely to answer that random phone call uh, and just kind of say, hey, I'm, I'm doing something. So it's it's different there. You made a good point. There are definite leaders and there are definite managers. And I think the managers are scrambling, but the leaders have just kind of adjusted the tool that they're using, adjusted the, you know, kind of the, the method by which they can still continue to add value. If you weren't adding value before and you were just creating reports and sending it up the leadership chain, it's been a, it's probably been a tough couple of weeks for you. That's true. I want to I want to talk and I want to kind of pivot on that. So we're sales leaders. You've sold mm-hmm. million dollar deals. I mean, you're. You're known, right? And especially within the financial industry, right? Uh, brand within a brand. I know everybody's talking about the MJ docuseries. If yeah. there is something that you can highlight from that, I see I see the, the Jordan collection. I see it. What adds to Michael Jordan's legend is he's the first athlete to really go beyond platform, right? Mm-hmm. And, and sports, to me, has always been a microcosm of what the workforce should look like. So even though my paycheck might say ABC Corporation, ABC Corporation shouldn't be the only thing that I'm receiving as far as income. So mm-hmm. how do we develop that brand within a brand? Like it's okay to work for Nike, you know, or play for mm-hmm. the Bulls, but I need that right. Nike check as well. So how do we yeah. go about that as sales professionals? Man, that's good. Um, I've been talking a little bit about this. Uh, probably will be a little bit more in the coming weeks, but um diversification of income streams is really important and you know say your say your check from the bulls gets dropped and you know if if that's the only thing that you've got going that's going to be a bad day but if you have five six seven other things that are producing revenue for you it's not as bad of a day might be a bad five minutes and so that's the whole thing you know we have this thing called a personal brand and so that personal brand is something that carries with us regardless of the people that we're working for. And I think that it doesn't matter if you're a sales professional, you could be, you know, a a systems engineer, you could be an assistant, you could be anything. You have a personal brand and it's never been easier to establish that and to cultivate a community and a network via platforms like LinkedIn, um, 
you know, all the different social media channels. I think you just have to choose wisely as to the content that you put in other places. However, right. you know, you, you talked about kind of diversifying the, the portfolio and that's something that my wife and I have taken very seriously. Um, you know, we're, we're working on limited resources and we're trying to figure out, you know, what does Kat do really well? What does my wife do really well? And how is it that we can put her in a position where she can be serving others and benefiting others and creating income as a result? How is it that what I do on a nine to five, um, what is it that I can be doing to, to you know, build up a, a consulting base or build up uh, a, a separate income stream that is on that side? Um, you know, looking at real estate, looking at, um, <clears throat> you know, basically just all the different things that we can do, you know, se- setting up side hustles. A lot of people, you know, right now we're, I, I'm, I'm working with, I'm mentoring one kid right now who's sitting on probably $300,000 in baseball cards. Oh my God. It's just mind blowing. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, man, why did I ever sell, you know, all my, all my cards for like 20 bucks back in the day, whenever, you know, somebody offered me whatever. So, um, I mean, all of these different things, we're just in this, we're in, in this little microcosm of time where it's been pretty important. And there's, you know, almost 40 million people that have filed for unemployment in the last 10 weeks. And I don't, I don't know how many of them have diversification of income. You know, they, they might have filed for unemployment. I, I, I don't know the percentages, but I think it's probably very small that any of them have the ability to draw an income from something else during a time where they're unemployed from their, you know, from their main W2. So building up side hustles, figuring out, you know, something, a hobby. How is it that I can monetize a hobby? How is it that I can monetize my expertise? How is it that I can monetize, you know, A, B or C? You just fill in the blank. But that's a that's a really important thing. And I think it's basically brought it to the forefront for a lot of families around the states and around the world that are trying to figure that out. And so uh, that's a, that's a really good point. And I mean, there's like I said, there's people making money selling uh, they're making money selling baseball cards. They're selling their sneaker connections. They're selling, you know, anything, anything that can be monetized. People are, are generating and, and pulling a, uh, pulling an income from it. So if if you have something like that, that's definitely the time to start journaling and figuring out, all right, if 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 I were to do it and if I were to start from scratch today, how would how would I go and pull a revenue? And that's that's something that anybody and everybody can do. It's just a matter of, you know, what do you got that other people want? That's true. That's true. I think diversification of income um, is essential, uh, especially uh, because I I feel like and I'm not talking about any organization specifically, mm-hmm. but I don't think any organization really pays its what I would call low to mid-level professionals true market value, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the income levels are still 30 years dated, yeah. right? And they don't adjust based on geography. A lot right? of data supporting yeah. that too, yeah. So you'll, you'll, you can get a VP, you can get a senior position, but everything is contingent upon bonus. And really it's the bonus that is basically on par with the market conditions. Right. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, I gotta, I gotta be a killer just to break even, you know? So yeah. it's, yeah. it's hard to me to justify that. And without having that side hustle, without having that extra piece, mm-hmm. you're kind of just out here living paycheck to paycheck. Right. It doesn't even yeah. matter if you make 150 K a year, you know, if you live in St. Louis, you live in Chicago, things cost. Right. right? 
and you want a yard or you want a certain type of lifestyle and, and comfort living, you're going to need something to amplify that by two or three times, right? As multiplier. Mm-hmm. So I truly definitely believe uh, in the necessity of, of having that diversified income. I just got one more question for you. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, man. So what should organizations do from a leadership perspective? We're coming out, hopefully, COVID-19, right? Mm-hmm. The new normal is here, is not approaching. They have now this case study to look at what is needed versus what is not needed. Uh, they have the efficiencies models in front of them. What is the first thing you would do? You're CEO of a corporation and you have now had this terrible incident that has happened globally, mm-hmm. but never let, like you said, a good chaos go to waste, right? You have yeah. the metrics. What's the first thing you do? Man, the first thing that I do as the yeah. leader of an organization is if I haven't already been dealing, I'm dealing. I'm figuring out who needs money and I'm figuring out you know, what, what resources do I have saved up? And I mean, I guess that's the... That's just the entrepreneur in me is I'm always gambling and risking on myself. Um, I would I would be out there trying to acquire businesses and talent left and right because everybody's everybody's firing off at a discount right now. Even though the market is, you know, kind of somewhat recovered, uh, you know, the Dow is over twenty five thousand right now, which is irrelevant. But the the S&P is above three thousand, but it was it's still trading at like a 15 percent discount from market highs. But people that are buying businesses, you know, mergers and acquisition, those transaction dollars, you know, the, the multiples that people are paying or what they were paying six months ago, they're, it's at a 60% discount right now in some, in some verticals and in some, uh, some industries. So if you have cash, I would be using it right now. If I were the CEO, I would be going to all my competition and see if I can smother them and buy up everybody and see what it is that I can do to create something new out of the situation. It takes care of a number of different issues. I mean, you have the opportunity to, to bring together uh, talent from all over the place and you know, kind of see what synergies are created and uh, you know, make, a, make a better manifestation of all those different companies as a result. So you know, the first thing that I do is I go out and I get talent from everywhere because like I said, stuff's trading at a discount right now. And, you know, some smart people before me said buy low, sell high. So that's what I would be doing. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So where can the people connect with you? They wanted to get in touch. They wanted to follow you. Where can they find you? Man, the the, the place where I spend the most time is LinkedIn. So it's just Alexander Brockman uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, I think it's LinkedIn backslash a dash Brockman. So I tried to simplify it, but uh yeah, that's that's the place where I spend the most time. Uh, you can shoot me a text message or a phone call. Give me a call at 314-808-7351. Uh, I pick up every call and I think it's just important. I never know who it is, but uh, we'll figure out if there's anything that I can do to help or if there's anything that uh, that my company or anything that I'm doing can be of service to anybody out there looking for looking for answers or looking for help. So that's uh, that's how you can get in touch with me. And I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show, Cody. Man, I appreciate you, Alex. All right, guys. Well, until next time, thank you. Another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. Thanks, Alex. Peace.